This podcast is recorded on unceded Indigenous lands, and I pay my respects to the elders of the land on which I record, past and present, and open the podcast, as always, by remembering that it always was and always will be Aboriginal land, because in this house, we show some fucking respect, and if you can't do that, get out. This is the Pork and Feed the Birds. I'm your boyfriend, Tom Tanneke. Ruby Princess, I've got a big pangolin, Ah, it's got the coronavirus in it, scary big coronaman. Sorry about that, after a while you can't help but throw your own creative visions under the bus. Well I can't anyway. Look I really enjoyed introducing my podcast recorded from the broken down hull of the Ruby Princess as I did in previous episodes but You can't do the same intros forever, can you, mate? One must move on. Really, though, that splash pick you see on every episode is the best thing to have come out of the entire pandemic, really. Let's be honest. Um, That's made by my homie Poongoat of Mammoth Design. Um, He makes the most metal fucking designs. And that's really what I wanted. I wanted a metal as fuck design for my podcast. Isn't that fair? I still actually intend to make them into shirts at some point. Um, If you're keen. Would you wear one? Why don't you drop me a line and let me know if that's, you know, something you'd be keen on. Look, drop me a line anyway. Just say hi to me. Say something. Actually, one thing I enjoy about this podcasting shebang is that it's like a way of breaking away from the instantaneous gratification of, say, making videos and posting and such. I'm on a bit of an incline lately where I I try to work on bigger things and try to sort of spam out hot takes less because I enjoy working on bigger things. But it's nice. It's kind of quiet in here. You know, like I I know from the numbers that, that it's on a gradual incline upwards in terms of listeners and I really appreciate that. I appreciate all newcomers. I appreciate that people are appreciating it. But I also kind of like that I don't necessarily hear back so much due to the format of the podcast. You know, I might get a peek every now and then. Someone might drop me a line to say they enjoyed the material, but on the whole, it's quiet. And for me, that's pretty pleasant, actually. It's refreshing. You know, it feels a little more like it's just me and all the guests, obviously. You know, me hopefully trying to prioritise other people's voices and causes and issues of concern and such, you know. Over here in the world of audio, refining my little practice as I go, kind of competing against myself. Actually, I suppose I'm competing against every other lefty in Australia. (laughs) who now has a podcast, in a sense, which is actually all of them. The statistics show that every single lefty has a podcast. Every single one. But that's not how it sort of feels when I'm recording. I just feel like I'm uh, in, 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 in the process of refining my own uh, craft here, which is nice. Anyway, listeners from the get-go or people who follow my content will have noticed that I have refined my uh, ideas to the point where the poor can feed the birds is very much now, I guess, a a podcast on fringe movements. 
fringe politics, activist politics. They can be fringe movements that I stand in solidarity with, or they can be ones that I generally do not stand in solidarity with. Speaking of which, I know a few of you enjoyed my last episode about Aussie Q and QAnon. Perhaps you'd like to know, if you don't already know already, that on the Tom Tanaki YouTube page I have now officially published part one of the mega two-part Aussie Q vid that I'm doing. I worked my whole off on it, I'll have you know, and I shall damn well do so again on part two. But please, go give it a watch, and if you like it, share it around, why don't you? Give it some engagement. Gone! Speaking of engagement, here's what I'd like you to do. One, love me. Love me unconditionally, with no strings attached. I am a needy guy and I want you to love me. Two, like the podcast, review it if you can on your pod app, if it has that function enabled, like with Apple Music, share it around with your mates, tell people, you know? Three, tell me you love me, even just say it quietly into the air, wherever you are mouth the words you know i love you tom you know and, th- and i think that energy will fuel me it will sustain me four support me on patreon if you have the clams with which to do so even if you have a lone frivolous clam to spare that of course will also sustain me it will sustain me in more material ways than the quietly uttered expression of love sure You know, that is a more spiritual or emotional sustenance that I require. Anyway, this episode, I would like to cover another quick explainer. As with the Aussie Q video, this is something I'll be delving into in greater depth later on in video format. Uh, So post Aussie Q, look forward to a more expansive uh, treatment on this subject. But here I'm framing it as an explainer. Many of you will have seen videos of people of late confronting the coppers, usually in the context of the anti-lockdown movement, in their cars, at the doors to their homes. They will have used some pretty odd language that you might not understand. You will have had questions. Now, again, here I am not delving into the overall history of this movement. I am merely going to explain to you a little of what the fuck they mean and what's going on there. Who are they? Well, they're the living humans. The living humans, the not straw men, the free men on the land, the sovereign citizen movement. Hi, hi, I'm Sam, I'm from Robin West Police Station. Are you Christina Bebeck? Yes, I am. Do you have any ID on you at all today? No, for. Oh, so I can just ID Do I have to show it? Do you have any on you? Well, do I need to show it? That's fine. Can you set your name for me? What for? What for? So I'm here in regards to the protest you attended on the 10th of May. Yeah. Do you have any ID on you? Why are you asking me? Would you just like to verify your details? You don't need to verify my details. Yes, we do. <laughs> no, you don't. I don't even know what you're here for. Okay, so I was going to give you a quick caution. So you, okay, so I'm going to Sam Fletcher. You don't have who to show it. Who are you? Show you some more. And where are you from? 
Melbourne West Police Station. Okay. So, listen, you don't have to say I'll do anything, but anything you say I'll do may be using evidence. Do you understand that? Okay, in that case, I'll say nothing. Thank That's you. That's fine, but can you please state your full name and your address? I don't need to. Yes, you do? No, I don't. It's actually an offence. No, it's not. Your, yes, it is. I'm not driving a car. I'm at home. You Wait. come, you come, my pro- you, you're, you're very close Christina, to coming right onto my property. In regards to the offence of breaching COVID laws, therefore, it is. I haven't breached any quite COVID laws. In regards to the, the uh, uh, protest you attended. Just change your terminology. Breaching COVID directions, okay? okay. That's, there's a difference between directions and laws. Okay, we're here in regards to you breaching COVID directions. And what do you want to do? Well, we need to ask you, we need to read something to you, ask you a few questions. Well, I've, and first I've, we you've to told me that I don't need to answer any questions. So I'm not, not, not prepared to answer any questions. Name and address is something you must state because it's an offence not to state your name and address. Well, under what law? Under the Crimes Act. Where? What section? 456 Okay, let me look it up. Excuse me for a moment. Just before we do, just before we do, we've got some information. You can look that up. Information about what? Uh, the information we've got to read out to you. you what happened? Please, hang on, hang on. Second. Stop interrupting me. Where, where, where is it against my rights to attend a protest? Well, where? Listen, if you allow us to speak, we're about to Go start right ahead. Okay. So on Sunday the 10th of May 2020, you were, um, you were in attendance at a planned demonstration outside Parliament's um, house located at Spring Street. A lawful Park. demonstration. Listen, listen to it for a second. The demonstration took place between 12pm and 2.30pm. The state of emergency was declared and it is, a, and it is in place until midnight, the 11th of May 2020, public health and wellbeing. Declared by who? Listen. 2008, section, one, section 198. Of what? Listen. The health, Can I ask a question? The Health and Wellbeing Act of 2000. Is that the Constitution? It's not the Constitution. It's the no, exactly. Act. Exactly. Get that clear in your head. I said Health and Wellbeing Act. I said nothing about the Constitution. I'm not. I've got no interest in the Health and Wellbeing Act. Clause 11, subsection 4 of the Chief Health Officer's Stay at Home Direction creates restrictions. I'm at home right now. I'm at home. I'm staying Listen, home. Exercise your right to remain silent for a sec. It listen provides. Why don't you exercise your right to remain silent? Do you want to listen? <laughs> Thanks, Christine. I love your work. You know, part of me really loves these guys. Like, I love the sheer cheek of them. There's this abrasive in-your-face, straight-up denialism of anything and everything a copper says. What themes can we glean from Christina's cheeky performance cop snubbing? Well, for one, Christina doesn't believe in directions. She's very focused on drawing a distinction between what she clearly sees as unenforceable chief health officer directions and essentially enforceable laws, which presumably she would comply with. I mean, let's face it, she wouldn't if she didn't bloody want to. Not our Christine, but anyway. The other thing she did was she focused on the Constitution. You got the sense that Christina sees the Constitution as like the only fundament or tenet of law which she really digs, right? Remember that whole change your terminology bit? See, here's the thing. I don't know if I see Christina as a classic sovereign citizen in that she might not hold to all of sovereign citizenry's ideas. She's an anti-lockdowner after all. But she is a helpful introduction to the influence of the sovereign citizen movement on the anti-lockdown scene. And that's my focus, as it was with Aussie Q in the last episode. Because Christina doesn't believe in anything but the Constitution. 
And she clearly doesn't believe that these police officers are enforcing that constitution properly. Let's get back to that later. You know, many people remark that they watch these videos, and there's a ton of them, and against their will, they find themselves siding with coppers for the first time in their life. And I get that. But for my money, I just love their sheer obnoxiousness so much that I kind of find myself hoping and praying that they win and get away with this uh, sheer reality denialism. Like when I'm listening to them, I, 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 it's, I, I'm cheering for them in a similar way to how I might enjoy Julia Davis in the British comedy 99. They're horrible, but I kind of like them for that. But then again, sometimes I do get away with it. Then I find myself completely unsympathetic and fashionably wishing they'd been whisked away by stormtroopers or something. For example... I don't need to answer your questions. No. no. Have I committed a crime? Pardon? Have I committed a crime? Have I committed a crime? Thank you. Now, that was Eve Black, of course, who famously wasted a copper's time at a checkpoint in Victoria before getting magically let through and cheering and whooping her way off into the sunset, having conquered the police. I didn't include that cheering simply because it's too irritating to me. Now, to me, the most informative component of Eve Black's video was not what she said to the coppers, which I've heard in a million anti-lockdown videos, and it's not even that the copper let her through, because after all, the poor bloke probably just knew he had a sovereign citizen kook on his hands, couldn't be fucked, wanted to get on with policing normal people and didn't count on the viral success of the little video. No. Now, it's the thing I would like to draw your attention to, and if you look at the videos, you'll notice this, is the piece of paper she was holding as she proceeded in there. Because Eve basically had an instruction set from a Facebook group. And that was an instruction set of things to say to coppers to unlock the cheat code to get them to let you pass. Now, these instructions are often either written by or informed by the instruction of extremely confident snake oil salesmen. Now, they're the leaders and foghorns of the sovereign citizen movement, and their main contribution to the anti-lockdown movement is with this kind of material. Ways to avoid cops, ways to avoid fines, ways to get out of being policed, told what to do, arrested. These arguments have a name. They are generally called OPCAs. What's that stand for? It stands for Organised Pseudo-Legal Commercial Arguments. Now, that's a term coined by a Canadian Chief Justice because if anyone's had to waste their time learning about OPCAs over the years, it's the courts. OPCAs are basically a conspiracy theory. They are the cornerstone of the sovereign citizen movement in Australia and actually abroad and the source of its sway over so many people. They're also the reason the sovereign citizen movement became such a useful utility for the anti-lockdown movement in Australia. Also, they are the reason that this strange person is obsessed with what term they should be referred to as uh, um, uh, an existing organism. Go on, have a listen. It don't really apply to us, but even if we were human, which we're not, whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you saying you're not human? No, we're mankind. We're, we're, we're mankind. 
we're not, we're not, we're not. Um, do you identify as a human being? No. Wow. Okay. Human. Do you know? Do you want a human being? Hey, hang on, one, one at a time. Okay. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a warning. If you don't leave this area we, now, we, these will all be issued with fines. Um, now that was kind of unique to that conversation, that phrasing. But plenty of other sovereign citizens tend to talk to coppers in these many videos about insisting that they be seen as a living human. They want the coppers to confirm for them that they are a living human, and often that they're not under contract. Weird, right? All makes sense once you understand a little about OPCAs. So what are they? These funny old OPCAs. <sighs> so there's you, right? You is you. That's you. You are you. You are living, breathing you. You, you. You, what the one what's listening to this, you. Then there's your straw man. Now, you think that's you, but you think wrong. That's not you. That's a contract, you. That's a contract. Your straw man, your legal entity. You've entered into it from birth with the signing of a birth certificate. That signing creates a legal document version of you. Again, called the straw man. And that straw man is worth a lot of money to the government because it gets you paying bills and taxes and registrations and other assorted fees and shit all your life. All because you're too silly to realise that you are not your straw man. Hey, you know how your surname or your full name is always in all caps on the bills you receive? That's because that's your contract name. The bills are for your straw man, not living, breathing you. So when you don't pay all those bills and then you go to court, you aren't even representing yourself, not living, breathing you. You've taken it upon yourself to represent your straw man in court. Silly you. But you are commonly held to be accountable for the actions of this straw man by the governing bodies like the law and the police. Now they use legalese to bind you to this. And that's a technical term here, okay? That's not the casual way that we tend to describe legal jargon by going, oh, that's written in legalese. Oh no, it's another actual language. It comes from Black's Law Dictionary. Okay, and it means a whole different range of things. For example, when a copper asks you if you understand something, that is actually legalese for, do you give us authority to stand over you? See, now you understand why sovereign citizens don't like to agree to the police question, do you understand? They tend to go, no, I comprehend but I do not understand. Now, the government, of course, doesn't want you to know any of this. They don't want you to know that you're only being expected to represent a fictional, unliving legal entity contractual representation of yourself, your straw man. Why? 
Because if they did, you'd be freed. You'd be a free man. You simply wouldn't have to pay any of that shit. Ta-da! So that, long story very short, is how this whole kooky theory kind of works. Now, the Chief Justice that I mentioned earlier, who first coined the term, also noted a decade of reported cases, many of which he refers to in his ruling, which have failed to prove a single concept advanced by OPCA litigants. Spoiler alert, same here in Australia, same in America. OPCAs don't work because they are not the truth. That's why I said it was a conspiracy theory. It's trying to reframe who you are and why the laws don't apply to you because you're a living human and not a straw man, and that doesn't work unless you're so tiring and vexatious that coppers simply can't be fucked handling you. Uh, it doesn't work, and that seems to be history's only source of sovereign citizens ever winning in this respect, because they tire people out with their ridiculousness. But what about all this constitution stuff that Christina mentioned? Well, for that, let's hear from a big-time sovereign citizen. This guy's called Wayne Glue. Wayne and his Know Your Rights Facebook group have been very uh, helpful to the sovereign citizen movement, so they reckon. On the OPCA matter, yes, but also on a number of other ideas, including the shadow constitution. Anyway, take it away, Wayne. I tricked the state solicitor, Mr. Leith, into admitting that my name in capital letters and a name in the case called the Governor of Western Australia was all legal fiction, including the governor they put before the court. And he then made me the representative or the adjudicator for that legal fiction. Now, how does that work? Uh, yeah, so Wayne reckons he got someone to accidentally ad admit to him in court that he was representing a legal fiction of himself, and we get that now. That is that straw man stuff we were talking about. Of course, this is likely in reality, world, just a matter of Wayne being the terminally vexatious litigant he is and someone else being completely bamboozled into some stupid admission by whatever the fuck he was going on about at length. See, Wayne became famous for fighting against his own rates at his house for so long that they gave him his house for free as a living human sovereign. Yay! <laughs> no, they didn't. No, of course they didn't. They took his house off him after 12 years of protracted, vexatious litigation from Wayne. Of fucking course they did. This is reality world. You, your family, your cars, your trucks, your planes, your boats, your kids, every single thing you own is not yours. You are a legal fiction and you live in these companies in America. Wait, what? Companies in America? Hang on, tell us a little bit more about this, Wayne. Last Wednesday about 5 o'clock I received this book. It's a copy of the political party's edition of our constitution called the Australian Constitution. And it's a revised edition of this, apparently by Crick and Garren. And unfortunately, Crick and Garren have been dead for a lot of years. A hell of a lot of years. Unless they borrowed Dual Fern's time machine and went back and got approval, it doesn't exist. I have this document, which I filed in the court on the 
Simmons of August. It is a document from Dun & Bradstreet, a reputable company, if you call it that. It reveals 18 companies called the Commonwealth of Australia registered in different districts in America. Okay. Uh, my, firstly, my apologies for that audio there. Um, that was Wayne getting to the heart of the matter of the conspiracy theories he peddles, and uh, it was very hard for me to find a good quality uh, version of him doing that quite so concisely. Anyway, this gets to the, to the heart of it with Wayne. Firstly, Australia is a corporation because there are Australian government logos and names and such registered in Washington as trademarks. Now, this is not true. It's founded on a willful misunderstanding of trademark law and registering a name for the purposes of trade is not the same as registering the whole concept or idea that comes with that, like, say, for example, an entire fucking overseas government. But nonetheless, it's one of the biggest selling points of the sovereign citizen movement because it lends its proponents credence to the idea that their government sits illegally in occupation of their nation. They have no control over you, therefore, you see. Secondly, there is an idea that there is an erroneous green copy of the Constitution that Wayne referenced there. Corporate Australia introduced a false corporate constitution, which subsets don't acknowledge. They sit under the true, hidden, shadow constitution. Where can you get that? Oh, easy. Send $150 in a stamped self-address envelope to Wayne Glue over in Perth, and he'll print one up for you. So, they're some of the core things that subsets believe. And they're some of the reasons that guide their argumentative approach towards anyone trying to give them a fine. You can see why this conspiracy theory and its willful, stubborn, litigious proponents were of use to the anti-lockdown movement, because they give them a pseudo-legal air of authority, and they help guide their stubborn interactions with police. Sometimes it even works, as we saw with Eve Black, even if it's more because the copper can't be fucked than because they've unlocked any secret legal cheat code that might exist. The danger in all of this is that people listen too hard to this rubbish and then they get inspired thinking that they're immune to the law and then they get in trouble because it's all garbage. Good afternoon all. Uh, arrived down here at Parliament House, Macquarie Street, Sydney, exercising um, our rights. Uh, was approached by a group of police and um, minute you start men mentioning constitutional rights and their job is to act as a servant for the public. And I even said to the police officer, please take one of my signs, you should be marching with us. And uh, he hightailed it and walked away. So guys, you got to get to knowing your rights, get to know your stuff. Uh, don't know if you can see my sign here. There's a group of us down here. Um, yeah, get to know your rights. Really good reference points, knowyourrights.com.au, as well as uh, uh, Wayne Glue, amazing. Got some really good informational, um, you know, power off you, off you um, with the last couple of videos that you've done. So keep up the work. Now, that was Renee Altercritty. She was walking back and forth with her child at a Sydney anti-lockdown rally with all the confidence in the world given to her by the Wang Glue in his garbage. Next minute, 
Her know your rights force field had been shattered by reality and she was being dragged off by the coppers with her child screaming in front of her. That is something you may have seen in the news because it went all the way out in the world. This points to the problem with soft-seat stuff. It lends its new proponents, particularly the ones who get out and about during the lockdown, this false air of authority. It gets them nowhere. It's not real. Here's how I see it. If QAnon, another influencing factor on the anti-lockdown movement, is providing this fantasy, otherworldly narrative to guide the people through the lockdown and the culture war, well... The Sovsit theory provides them with a handy pseudo-legal construct that they think legitimises what they're up to. And then they get shut down by coppers for it, like Renee. It simply doesn't work for them because it doesn't work. And hey, I must say, I am not defending the actions of any police officers. I am not in favour of legal and enforcement measures to police a community crisis like a pandemic. And I believe that the tensions between the needs of the pandemic response and this desperation to maintain a capitalist economy is the ultimate source of all anxiety for people because when people question the hypocrisy in measures, that's the answer but they don't want to talk about that and no one in the media is really encouraging that conversation. And the less those people are supported and engaged and fed, let's add, the more they will resist. And I understand that resistance. I do. But it's not real resistance if it's inventing enemies or legal arguments out of thin air. When, let's face it, the material circumstances people are thrust into by their government are often the real enemy. If you want to really understand all about Australian sovereign citizens, I do recommend more than any other single source the blog Free Man Delusion. It's incredible, it's very lengthy, it's written by an ex sovereign citizen who was convinced out of his bullshit by cultivating an actual understanding of actual law. And he goes into stunningly thorough detail on the movement. Everyone, I hope you're benefiting from these explainers. I do like to get guests on this podcast, obviously, but of late it seemed more important to me to devote some of my time to explainers on some of the subjects I've been really deep diving into in 2020 while the world, while the world marinates in a chest bug and other assorted types of pandemonium. I'm Tom Tanneke, and this has been another epo of poor feed birds. See you next fortnight.